You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tell Ambassadors Jakar and Lando I want to see them in chambers now. Then invite them again as firmly and as politely as you can. Captain, either you snore or last night we had a hell of a breach in the hole. What do I do now? Uh, old style, you roll over and go to bed. New style, you go out for pizza and I never see you again. What's inside there? One moment of perfect beauty. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic, Babylon 5. This week, Season 2, Episode 21, Comes the Inquisitor. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And And we we are are the the Epsilon Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. The Vorlons send an Inquisitor to Babylon 5 to test Sheridan and Delenn's readiness to lead the Army of Light. And the Narns on board the station begin to challenge Shikar's leadership written by jms and directed by michael vijo this episode was released on the 8th of august 1995 in the uk and october 25th 1995 in the us and takes place from december 19th to december the 20th 2259 and our guest stars wayne alexander as sebastian jack keller as mr chase Diane Adair as the Narn Mother, Ardright Chamberlain as the voice of Kosh, Jim Chiros as Centauri Number One, Josh Cox as Lieutenant Corwin, Michael Francis Kelly as Guard, Kim Strauss as Narn Number Two, and Craig Thomas as Human. We also have two uncredited people, Bill Blair as an alien, as usual, and Dennis Cosmo Michael as Narn Underground member. So, guys, what did we think of this episode? Well, you know what? I haven't decided. Um, (laughs) If there's one thing I hate, it's period pieces. This is kind of bringing a period piece man into the future. So I I don't really know. I I remember watching it in the original run thinking, oh, my God, here we go. And it's kind of cool because it's time travel or suspended animation and all that kind of stuff but whatever <laughs> it could have been anybody so original series of star trek where they had jack the ripper in there and also uh, next generation with um sherlock holmes episode uh, bringing in Ugh. moriarty oh i can't stand any of that stuff <laughs> i think it was okay when it was first done but i think really it they're doing it again in this one and it just doesn't feel right but anyway we'll come to that later Dan what did you think yeah I know exactly what I feel about this episode I do not like this episode <laughs> I mean it, it's got a great idea you take some someone was sort of saved or met a Vorlon back in the you know the way back when and was brought mm-hmm. forward into the future through suspended animation and has become like a special agent for them. That sounds pretty cool. That sounds like um, Gary Seven from uh, TOS. You know? Exactly like that. That, yeah. sh- that should be a great idea. But they squandered it on what? He, 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 he slaps them around a bit with a glowy stick. That's all it is. <laughs> it, it was like Harry Potter, but ordered on Wish. It was just ridiculous. 
um he was he was doing magic but you know we had the magicians in the other episode weeks and weeks and weeks ago they never they were brought up that they saw the magicians before they could have brought that in no that wasn't mentioned it was just let's torture delel and sheridan for a bit and and then jakar has a really good storyline that could have been so much better for the whole episode um so a big letdown for me i think i'm with you guys yeah it's 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 forgettable in you know in the you know the Jack the Ripper, you know, sort of guy. Um, that, that was a wasted plot line. Yeah, it, had, it was. It had no bearing on anything. No, it was yeah. the. A, it was the A plot that was really should have been the B plot because yeah, you know, story and, and journey is a lot more important and and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a better story. And and it's good that we have. Um, the fact that Dylan and Sheridan are the right people in the right place at the right time. That's fantastic. But we could have found out another way. We already have. We've already spent the last season and a half getting to know them and making sure that they've well, all been together and doing all that. So it, it, Exactly. But this was like the final test, I guess, just to make sure yeah. that the Vorlon's uh, trust was well placed. But Jack the Ripper, why does he have to be there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's even more creepy, but we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. So Jakar is pleading with the public, reminding them that Narn, sorry, reminding them that the Narn are still here and continue to exist, whilst Via Cotto looks on. Delenn and Kosh meet up, and Kosh says he has sent for an Inquisitor, and Delenn will have to submit to them. To them? To him, but never mind, to them. She will only know who it is if she survives. Oh, I bet it's that English guy who's not dressed like everybody else on the station. Yes. Here comes okay. uh, Lord Reeves Mogg. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he was oh, Jack God. the Ripper as well. <laughs> Delenn asks Sheridan to allow someone through customs, but she won't say who. Kosh is unsure about Delenn and wants confirmation that she is the right person to be in the right place at the right time. Meanwhile, Shikar is trying to buy weapons for an underground attack, but the price is too high as it is a seller's market. He decides to pay 50% deposit with the money of the blood of the Narns. And just then, a Vorlon ship arrives at Babylon 5, and it's not Kosh, it's the Inquisitor, a human from the Victorian age, not a Vorlon. And he has come from the Vorlon homeworld. Originally, he was from a Victorian London, and he has come to talk to Delenn. Garibaldi tells Shikar not to bring weapons onto the station, which Shikar agrees to, and Garibaldi gives him the location of a station that will help Shikar get the weapons to where they need to be. I thought that was a great scene. That was a good... Um, uh, yes. And a great way that, that um, Garibaldi uh, gets Shikar to tell the truth, if you like. He said, if you, you know, and then says to him, you told me the truth, so I'm going to... I trust you, and I, you know, I need to help you. If you, you, know, if you hadn't told the truth... Then you were just going to be, you know, you're the old uh, Jacquard political person that uh, you know you would thought. So he, he could trust him, and, and he's willing to help him. Mm. And it's probably the best scene from the episode. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because it really does help the Narns, you know, with, with their plight through the back door and being sort of you know sneaky, a bit like uh, the UK is doing with the Ukraine at the moment, selling them all these weapons that uh, they can use to defend Russia with, but without actually getting involved themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's 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 a nice little um, nice little way of showing the friendship, keeping the uh, you know 
and, and Garibaldi's obviously he's got a lot of um, there's a lot of emotion for the for the Narns that he's he's seen all of the uh, the devastation as they've been coming through the uh, the station. So he wants to help out, and likely that he he knows now where it's coming from. So he is uh, you know making sure that those lines are going away from the station. So he does his job, but equally he can then monitor the traffic that's going that way. So he's extending his reach. So he knows where everything's going. And it was just, it was just brilliant. I just liked the the mm-hmm. interaction between those two actors. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. Meanwhile, Dylan meets up with the Inquisitor in Grey Nineteen. It's a replica of the Grey Council chamber. Well, a floor with I some know. lights. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the it same was, thing. It was a disco hall that was left over for when the uh, Gropos uh, completely decimated it. They were probably <laughs> having a fight in there at some point. She is told to put on some bangles that if she takes off, it will mean failure and defeat. And she will be judged to, do, to be inadequate to the Vorlons. The first question is, who are you? Three times she does not give an acceptable answer. Uh, after a monologue from Sebastian, which lasts one minute 50 seconds. One minute 50 seconds of him talking. <laughs> Dylan gives a question which uh, you know, provokes another 50 seconds of monologue. Total of two minutes and 40 seconds of Sebastian just talking away not saying <laughs> anything and he went just... on and on <sighs> crumping from topic to topic <laughs> oh, wait, wrong show. It, it would have only been better if he had been really a bit more like the person he was trying to play mm-hmm. yes yeah and what he was saying like made sense you know you don't want a, the, someone's ego to get in the way of like the fact that they're supposed to have a destiny they're supposed to play a part in whatever's going to happen in the next three seasons but you know this was all the interaction she had with the gray council this is all the stuff we've seen a million times before just played out with some guy who just happens to be jack the ripper by the end of the episode it, it really doesn't add anything well, to what we've already learned well that's right i mean it- that was the weird thing is we know it was Jack the Ripper now and obviously mm. at the time we don't know this mm. but that makes him questioning Dylan even more creepy the fact that he, he was a, a rapist a murderer a dis, you know, mm. dismemberer if you want to call him that and he, he there he is uh, deliberately um, uh, torturing Dylan I mean it's just mm-hmm. it's just horrible two minutes 40 seconds of him talking in this, just in one scene, and then he has a lot more monologues later on. Mm-hmm. I think he has more screen time than Garibaldi and Ivanova put together in this episode. I believe so. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and quite possibly the longest of, of you know of any other character in the show. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good actor, but he's not that good. <laughs> um, okay, so Veer is backed into an elevator with Shikar. Now you're saying about the best. Um, mm scene i think this is the best scene it just might be yeah mm. it provokes a silence of 53 seconds which is slightly longer than one of his monologues one of um uh jack the ripper's monologues right but it has uh, two actors who say nothing do nothing but it is a remarkable scene full of emotion from both characters and more meaningful and more incredible to watch than the last three minutes of sebastian when Stephen first looks down at the end of the scene, it should have shown a pool of blood, because that really would have been, you know, where Jakar has cut his hand. And... I'm sorry. I'm 
dead, 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 dead. How do you apologize to them? I can't. Then I cannot forgive. Dead, dead, dead. Yeah, that was that was something else. Stop yeah. dripping the blood, then. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've got to clean them up, you know. <laughs> Every time I clap my hands, a child dies in Africa. Stop yeah. doing it, Bono. Stop doing it. <laughs> it's it's a fantastic scene, and like I say, nobody says a word for such a long time, and it's just awkward silence, awkward looks, and then it keeps going back to Shikar, and he's just staring at the you know right into our faces, into the camera. And it's just, and you feel for for um, for Veer because he is truly sorry for what what you know has happened. And Jakar, obviously, you know, all he sees is, is another Centauri who doesn't really care, doesn't really understand, and you know, you know, tell that to all the dead people. It's it's such a scene. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and again, it plays on everything we've built up so far. Because Veer is the one that we all love from the Centauri, uh, he's the one who has to apologise. And he shouldn't have to because he was the one who was trying to stop it in the first place. And it's it's such a tragedy to watch that scene because you know of those characters and where they've come from. Meanwhile, Delenn is still trying to answer the first question from Sebastian. Uh, as I said before, this man has had, uh, has had more lines than the rest of the cast put together, and yet I just don't care. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, he said. I, I don't remember anything that he talked about, actually. No, it's just, yeah. It just goes on yeah. and on. Mm. Well, that's it. It's so Feature long. Plane. By the time you got to the end of it, you forgot what he said to start with. So what did she go into the question? What, what the hell was the question? I can't remember it. <laughs> and I mean, I, I remember some of the things he was saying that, you know, your ego should get in the way that you believe you have a destiny. What makes you so special? And then ultimately, mm, yes, it, right. the un, the undoing of that is the fact that she's willing to sacrifice herself for Sheridan, Sheridan for her, and that this may be some sort of love story. Well, isn't that just equally egotistical that they believe that their love is somehow better than everybody else's destiny? That it, it doesn't make any sense. So even his own logic is completely defeated in this episode. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> if, this, if this had been a recurring character and the Inquisitor was there the whole second season, questioning them the whole way through this might have been a better idea. And then we eventually find out he was this big villain in human history and that the bad guy is judging the good guys. You know, I, something, you know, anything. If he had confronted Lando and actually said, you know, what I did was horrific back in my day, but you kill billions with just one word or one thing that you decided to do. I mean, it could have been a really good character and they squandered it. Mm. Replace Morton with him and, and instead of saying mm. what you want, it's now who are you? Yeah. It had the makings of a really fine episode, but mm-hmm. yes, if, if you'd gone round everybody and said the same question, a bit like you know, the "What do you want?" Mm-hmm. and say, "Who are you?" I, I thought it was actually a very clever thing. Who are you? And it's it's not an easy question to answer, is it? I mean, mm-hmm. Dylan obviously took a bit for Dylan to even understand what he was meaning, and, and you know, well, I'm Dylan. I am the part of the Great Council. I am no, no, no. Those are all just things. So who are you? It's a it's a very very deep question. Uh, in the meantime, Jakar is being questioned by the remaining Narns about his ability to get things done. He's making uh, He makes a promise to get messages back from the homeworld to gain their trust. 
He will have the messages in 24 hours. Dylan and the poor man's Martin Landau lookalike are still at it, using a plethora of earth-based metaphors that he assumes Dylan will understand. He wants to bang, bang, bang Dylan, who gives back as good as she gets, uh, but uh, still gets hold of. He still gets hold of her heart in a tight grip. Shakar asks help of Sheridan uh, and Garibaldi to get the messages. Sheridan sends in the Rangers. So we again, the Rangers are starting to build up here. Their usefulness is is now being uh, shown. They can you know see what they can do and what they can be used for, which is uh, quite handy. Yeah, because they play a huge part in later seasons. So it's good that we're slowly building up to who they are. Exactly, without actually seeing them. You know, I mean, this is all spoken about. So hopefully, in the next season, we'll get more of them, and and you know, we'll find out a bit more about them. Maybe we'll even have one of them based on the station. You know, imagine that. Crazy. Lanier finds Delenn and is sent away. He tells Sheridan that the Inquisitor is killing Delenn. He is about to fail Delenn when Sheridan arrives only to be Inquisitored himself. Finally, Delenn and Sheridan satisfy the Inquisitor. And finally, we get a good speech. Mm -hmm. How do you know the Chosen Ones? No greater love hath a man than, the, than he lay down his life for his brother. Not for millions, not for glory, not for fame, but for one person in the dark where no one will ever know or see. At last my job is finished. Yours is just beginning. When the darkness comes, know this. You are the right people in the right place at the right time. A fantastic impression. Mm. <laughs> I hope so. Good job. Good job. It was like I was in that room with all those flashy lights. <laughs> Here, get hold of this stick. Shikar <laughs> <laughs> plays the messages that he has received to his group and gets their loyalty and respect. And Sebastian is ready to go, and Sheridan is there to say goodbye. He tells him he knows who he was. And Jack finally hopes his work is done. And the Vorlons will let him die. So you know what won't die? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO network. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that good? <laughs> Should I do another spot? <laughs> I'm Mark McCray, the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. And if you're not listening to our podcast, then you're missing out on amazing interviews with Larry Houston, Tom Tatawanovich, Keone Young, Michael Swanigan, Ned Hastings, Bill Gallier, Dan Gilvazan, Rob Lamb, and so many others. Kick back and let Dan Clink and I peel back the curtain on the animation industry. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast can be found on the ESO Network and all podcasting platforms. Jack the Ripper, you say? <laughs> From 1888. Those are some precise records on Babylon 5. I mean, why did they need to download that into the historical archives of Babylon 5? That specific reference in history. When you take uh, wiki, when you take Wikipedia, you get every piece of Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. That computer core must be gigantic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why would it be? We've got Wikipedia and that's got all of Earth's knowledge in it, and it's just like, well, how big is it? How big are the servers for, for Wikipedia? Probably not much. It's huge. It's mostly text, so... Like gigaquads, at least. <laughs> well, you've got the station in the background. I think it's that 
bit that's just above your head uh, and yeah. to the left. So it's that yeah. little box there, possibly. That'll possibly. be it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would work really well because uh, you need to keep um, uh, silicon chips cold, don't you? You keep them really cool. So just go. stick them out in space. There you go. That's true. That works. Okay, on with the trivia. Uh, Wayne Alexander, who plays Sebastian, actually grew up in California, San Joaquin Valley. Ah. He was he was quite flattered when he left. Well, actually, in, in Liverpool, we'd say that as joking. Mm. You, you joking? Sorry. And you know what else is good about this guy? He goes on to play Lorian, and his voice is so smooth and velvety and chocolatey. He's such a, a better character. Mm. Ah, okay. Interesting. I, no, I've not seen him in anything else, or if I have, I didn't, didn't know I had. So. Later seasons of this, this show. Yeah. Mm. But apparently he was quite flattered when he learned that the, his upper-class English accent in this episode was so good, audiences in England wholeheartedly accepted Sebastian as an actual Englishman. Huh. I mean, I must admit, it's a pretty good... It's a good accent. Because uh, it, it, it's, not, it's not Cockney, and it's not um, sort of like modern posh. Which has a sort of different ring to it than Posh did back in them days, mm. uh, and he's kept it sort of almost Victorian. So, mm. yeah, it's it, I, it works fine for me. Mm. Uh, Sebastian's line "Who are you?" was later one of the phrases featured in the opening sequence of season five. It must be one heck of a sequence. It's got so many things in it. <laughs> oh, it's huge! It's long. It's very long. Uh, asking who are you and not accepting any response was one of the standard tactics in 1970s California pop psych psychology cults of the uh, hard seminar training type, which must mean something to somebody. Uh, when Sheridan confronts Sebastian linking him to Jack the Ripper murders in London's East End, <laughs> and I did spot this, he is very clearly saying West End, uh, and it is dubbed. Uh, this is because in the original broadcast he says West End uh, due to a mistake by the writer. And the line was later dubbed. <laughs> yeah, I spotted that. He said West End, and it was like East End. <laughs> but it wasn't just the one word that he obviously um, dubbed the whole sentence. So it flowed nicely. And he, if he weren't looking at his mouth, it, it worked really well. Maybe it wasn't Jack Ripper. Maybe it was some other Jack who did some heinous ah. crimes. They never expressly said who he actually was. That is true. Jacko mm -hmm. All Trades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the yeah. guy from the other side of London. Mm. Mm. When Sebastian's ship comes out of the jump gate, it flies in reverse. It has the correct orientation when seen next approaching Babylon 5. Did not see that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? There is one Star Trek connection, as a matter of fact. We have got Jack Kalar, not Kalar Worf's uh, Parmakai, <laughs> but uh, the guy who played Mr. Chase. He was in the Deep Space Nine episode Rebel as Jaheel. And if we're going to do a deep dive connection like uh, they do on uh, Muppet Trek, he was also <laughs> in an episode of Seventh Heaven, which featured uh, the guy who played Decker in the original Star Trek film. Oh, Nice. You were bored but, this week, weren't you? I certainly was, but that guy's a pervert, so we don't talk about his actual yes. name. So, you know, but oh, that's right. it. That's the only Star Trek connection I could find. Oh, fair play. 
so onto our ratings. Uh, we have a rating system, uh, as you may well know, of five jump gates because it's Babylon 5. And IMDb uh, scored those out of 10, and they have given it an 8.1, which is a bit uh, high, which is equivalent to a 4.05 in our language. Wow. <laughs> it's certainly not getting that from me. <laughs> no, I don't think it'll add up. All three of us will <laughs> add up to... <laughs> Um, Sean, what did you think of this episode? What do you rate well, it? You know what? Rating is the hardest part of this thing for me. And when I was just watching it in a vacuum without you guys, I was like, what? This is probably like a 375. And then the more I thought about it, and as we talked and talked, and I was like, you know what? The concept was maybe a 375, but the whole fact, you know, because we, we had uh, Delenn and Sheridan being inquisited and passing the test, and, and that's what we needed to cement their place in the cosmos and the universe and whatever so that was all fantastic and and the fact that uh, Jakar had to go through that and the dead 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 and he had the leadership question like it was a great idea but Jack the Ripper like that was crap so uh, <laughs> I'll give it 2.5 because it's it's and maybe that's being generous but uh, right in the it, middle hmm. yeah it wasn't it wasn't so good okay Dan what do you think um, right okay you know my thoughts on TKO by now everybody um, it was offensive and I didn't like it that, uh, that episode. And so I went down to a one. Well, I don't think this episode's as bad as TKO, so it can't be lower than a one, but it's certainly not an entertaining episode of TV. So it can't be higher than 2.5. So it's somewhere in the middle. And I flipped and went all over the place and I couldn't think of anything. Why is he Jack the Ripper? So many wasted opportunities. There's such a better B story that could have been explored. In that B story, there were things they didn't even do. Why was it not the weapons dealer insect guy from down below that we saw Jakar buying from weeks and weeks ago in season one? Uh, you know, there's so many other things they could have done. He could try to com confront Lando again uh, instead of Veer. Uh, there were some really good scenes, though, that sort of poised it up. And just like in TKO, where I gave it the one point because of Ivanova's story kind of saved it for me, uh, Jakar's story also saved it, but I think it was a little bit more enjoyable than Ivanova's in TKO, so I'm going to go 1.5. So, so far, both of you have put that into your bottom uh, bottom 10. Yeah, because lots of potential, there. lots of potential, but wasted. Mm. Yeah, Wasted, absolutely. Yeah. So I mentioned uh, the Star Trek episode. I think it's called Wolf in the Fold, I think. Yeah, I may it, be wrong. It is. is it? Yep, okay. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the show, you find out that the person who's been going around killing people is actually Jack the Ripper or has been Jack the Ripper in the past. And yeah. and so you go, oh, oh, all right, that makes sense then. Oh, and it's, you know, yeah, oh, wow, he was Jack the Ripper and he actually came back and he's still killing people. Ah, okay, I get that. In this, you go... He's Jack the Ripper. Why? What? <laughs> why did Why what, did the boy save him exactly? <laughs> yeah. What? I understand that they could they could take him so that they, they they can say right from now on you will live forever until you find your purpose until you find what we are looking for, and then we will let you die. So he has to live with the knowledge that he has killed these people for so long. And I suppose to after a point you will get to the point where you sort of sober up and think, oh my god, I actually have done all those things. So that's Except his punishment. Except he's not 400 years old. No. He was getting frozen. Yeah. So he's still only in his 40s or whatever he was. Yeah, that's mm. true. That's true. So uh, that was just poor. 
absolutely poor. Mm. However, we do get two of the best um, speeches eventually. I suppose if you throw enough spears at something, you'll hit some, you know, your target at some point. Um, so he, he comes, you know, he comes out with the the speech that we mentioned before, uh, the speech that we'll mention at you know, I'll plug in at the end of the show um, about finding the right people at the right place at the right time. So uh, and you know, your purpose, finding your purpose, and what have you. Yeah, all of Shikar's bits, uh, are, you know, are brilliant. You know, trying to um, become the leader of, you know, even though he's not you know, part of uh, the non-regime. Um, so yeah, you start off with two point five because that's your average episode, and then it drops because of the whole wolf in the fold copycat story, um, and then it gets a little bit back because of Shikar and a little bit back because of the speeches, but not quite back up to the two point five. So, uh, yeah, I'm going for a two. Uh, that's all I can give it. And that's, again, in my bottom worst 10. So that, That's fair. In fact, I'll change mine to 2.25. It's not even worth half. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right there, Sean. I think I was you convinced two me. And a half. Yeah, two and a half is, is your average episode. <laughs> Having said yeah. that, your 2.5 was still in your bottom 10. So, really, <laughs> our... our uh, thoughts about Babylon Five have shifted towards more towards the positive, so they've mm. all been more than just an average episode of uh, Babylon Five. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, yes, that is the end of this episode. Uh, join us again next week when we will be discussing the last episode of season two, which is episode twenty-two, "The Fall of Night." How do you know the chosen ones? No greater love hath a man than he lay down his life for his brother. Not for millions, not for glory, not for fame, for one person in the dark where no one will ever know or see. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for The Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. Last, my job is finished. Yours is just beginning. When the darkness comes, know this. You are the right people, in the right place, at the right time. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.